Welcome back, folks. This is a bonus episode. This is a little bit of the learnings from The War of Art. I've done a book review on this already. If you want to go check that out, obviously feel free to do so. Uh, that'll give you a bit of an insight into the themes of the book, what I thought around it, and just give you some context as to what the book is all about. But today I'm going to get stuck into the learnings. What did I pull out myself that I thought was really important, why it was, and perhaps it might be for yourself as well. But as always, you should go and take a bit of a read because as a, people will take learnings in, in different ways and the more you read it as well, the, 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 the mindset that you're also in uh, emotionally or the state can alter that. So let's get stuck into it. I'm going to start it off with the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey. And you'll see why I'm going to go into this. Oh, divine poesy, goddess, daughter of Zeus, sustain me for the song of the various minded men who, after he had plundered the innermost citadel of hollowed Troy, was made to stray grievously about the coasts of men, the sport of thief of their customs, good and bad, while his heart, through all the seafaring, ached with an agony to redeem himself and bring his company safe home. Vain hope for them. The fools, their own witness, cast them aside to destroy for meat the oxen of the most exalted sun. Wherefore, the sun god blotted out the day of their return. Make this tale live for us in all its many bearings. O Muse. And that is called Invoking the Muse, part three in The War of Art. And I started off with that because one of the pieces Stephen talked about in the book that I found really interesting was his invoking of the muse before he sits down and goes through his day-to-day process for um, winning through his creative, inner creative battles. One of the things I've talked about previously is called the buy-in and whichever way you want to call and talk about it, it just seemed to solidify the fact that having something before the actual event or the action, having this little routine that might take 30 seconds or a minute. So for me from fitness, it's going to be the 100 push-ups and the 100 sit-ups and that might change here and there. But it's the ability to have something that is just set in stone that helps you move you into a mindset or move you into a state that is ready and anticipating the action that's to come. So for Stephen, that was that little poem of the muse, the uh, Homer's Odyssey. And that helps him get into a state of thankfulness and the, for the ability to open himself up so that the muse is able to come to him and share the information that he can then translate into his writing or his books. So that, that one was a really interesting one from, from Stephen. A um, couple of the other ones that I took away. So this is from my uh, business fitness and learning section. Resistance is the enemy within. It is self-generated and self-perpetuating. There's, I, I really enjoyed that in terms of, we all know that there's resistance that we think is externally, but the resistance within is plentiful. Uh, it is self-generated. It's some, something really uh, poignant to have in mind <laughs> that we generate a lot of the resistance and that can come in many shapes and forms. Another one that I have here is, Casting yourself as a victim is the antithesis of doing your work. So, uh, said in another way, if you're victimizing yourself or you're victimizing in terms of your thoughts, that is the complete opposite of actually going through and taking action to resolve whatever may be happening. And it helped clarify again for myself because I'm a mere mortal and I victimize myself all the time as do many others. But it's just how fast... Can you get yourself to that realization and move yourself to 
a mindset of action. Okay? There's a saying that it's life is not about being in harmony all the time. It's about how fast can you get yourself back into a harmonious state. So you are taking a few blows. That's the price for being in the, re- in the arena and not on the sidelines. Now, this, the, this particular saying has been said in many different ways. Uh, to, the short of it all is, look, if you're going to be going chasing greatness, if you want to be doing great things, if you want to be involved in higher levels of work and value, just realize you might take a few hits and that's okay. That's, that's what happens. That's life. That's the price you pay for going after things that you want. And the, your ability to go and look back at the reasons you, of why you're doing it is going to help you out in continuing that and not just be sad. Or in another state of mind, just think about it. Would you prefer to be in the arena or on the sidelines? And that might help you out when those blows are coming through. Uh, one of the other quotes here, the difference between territory and hierarchy. I talked about this in depth in the actual book review, but in short, it was just a brilliant moment of the thought process between what hierarchy is and the mindset of competing versus territory. And that's, it's almost a difference between competing with others and competing with yourself and that, that intrinsic internal learning process. That was, that was a great thing. Uh, from the fitness and health perspective, it is one thing to study war and yet quite another to live the warrior life. What? I, I loved it. I love this piece. Uh, you can talk about it. You can write about it. You can, you can tell me, you know, me immortals out there, that this is how you do 100 push-ups and this is the p- p- perfect technique and this is the angle that you should be doing and the rate and the power and that's fantastic, right? Study the wall. Study the movements. But until you actually get in there and physically take the action, you really don't know if you can get into it or not and it is a completely different thing. So there's one thing to study war, there's something entirely different to lead the warrior's life. I encourage everyone out there, lead the warrior's life. Uh, from my relationship and giving sector uh, of, of my learning, so one from Socrates, the truly free individual is free only to the extent of his own self-mastery. The only piece I'm going to share here is for myself, self-mastery is predominantly through my emotions. And I've said this before, emotions control your decisions. If you can control your emotions, you can control what you do day in, day out. And yeah, I really resonated with this one because you're only going to be as free as you believe you are free to be. And that goes cross boundaries of wherever you may be uh, in your life, whether you've lost your job, you're in a great job, you're in a horrible relationship, you're in a good relationship. Um, the, the amount of freedom is while to an extent the, the, you know, imposed on the uh, external environment. So that's not to say that if you're in prison, you're completely free. It isn't, but there's a level of freedom within yourself that you can also fluctuate. So you have control over that. Serendipity reinforces our purpose. Just a little short one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, the, the self wishes to create and to evolve, but the ego like things just the way they are. And here, Stephen was talking about this in the third um, book section of the, of the War of Art. And that was the ego. And imagine if you have the ego, it's a little, little dot here and it's in, encompassed by the self all the way around. But everyone lives in this little ego space. And that's, you don't really want things to change too much if you're already quite proficient at French. 
you don't really want to go and take on Aladdin or something else. You know what you're doing. You, you want it to keep still. And the self is the bigger section all around here that it takes some effort to move from the ego to the self. And the self wants to keep on progressing, to keep on growing. So it, it, there was some good, good pieces here about the ego and the self, not obviously a deep dive, but more of a philosophical conversation around it, which I really enjoyed. Um, my last one here uh, is the, the supreme virtue, as noted here, not by Stephen, but by someone else, is the contempt for death. So the contempt for this, I'll leave that sitting with you, mere mortals. Do you agree with that as the, as the supreme virtue? I don't know. It's still something I'm pondering in my mind as well. And here's to finish it off. As I also have a, another section. Uh, I like to call it the beautiful language. More so because when I read it, it wasn't something that I took away and gone, oh, great learnings. But it just resonated with me. So I'll just call that a, a few. The enemy is a very good teacher. It's better to be in the arena getting stomped by the bulls. So, you know, he refers to being in the arena uh, rather than the sidelines a couple of times. There's still no, another way of, of saying it. Um, heaven's malevolence. Heaven's malevolence. And that, that was in relation to the way that things can happen with the muse and the ways that you carry yourself. And that's probably it, to be honest. There's a couple more there, but they're, they're more on the, the actual wording structure and what sentences mean. So that was really my learnings that I took away from the War of Art. Obviously, there was many more, but those were the ones that made the highlight on my almost book of learnings, if you will, that I then translate over into my whys and you know why they actually called out to me and then uh, summarized them to be either ex- extracted out to, to become even more summarized pieces or make form of the maxims. But if you do get a chance to have a bit of a read of The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, I'd be interested to hear what you think about it and some of the learnings that you took away from it. That is all for now, folks. This has been the bonus episode of Mere Mortals, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, one out.